Hey y'all, I'm Ashley Cole, your host here at Parents Are People. Throughout my career as a social worker, I've worked with a lot of different kinds of people. People of all ages, people of different races, people from different places, people struggling with a lot of different problems for a lot of different reasons. But one thing that has been a recurring theme is that most people's problems didn't start within their adulthood. It usually doesn't even start with us, with, with us the individual. It starts before us, before our parents, before our grandparents. We pass on so much through these relationships, through the parent-child bond. Traditions and stories, history, recipes, love, wisdom. We can also pass on hurt, pain, trauma. They say what we don't heal, we pass on. My overall goal is really for us to to stop the spread of generational trauma through parenting practices. That's really, really what I'm all about. So for this episode, this first episode of Parents Are People, um, number one, I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who has participated in this project before it even got started, before hearing anything, who said yes, thank you so much for being willing to come on and be interviewed and have these discussions with me. For this first episode, since this project is so near and dear to my heart, I thought it best to start off with my parent, my mom, and to bring her on to talk about her experiences just as a person. We're talking about when we were growing up. (laughs) My mom was a young mom. She had me at 19. And she still had lots of growing happening while raising me. And there I was, right along with her, (laughs) learning along with her, watching her grow. And so we sat down to talk about it. I really hope you enjoy. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Why, thank you for having me. This is our very first episode of Parents Are People, and so because it's a very special occasion, I thought what better better way to celebrate and kick it off than to bring it all the way home and have my parent on as a person. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I grew up in upstate New York, uh, joined the military when I was 18 years old, did 23 years in the military. Along the way, I had one child. Towards the end of my 23-year career, I had a second child, you being my first, and Danielle, your sister, being my second. Both of you are 20 years apart. For myself, I currently live in Georgia and work for the Department of the Army. A couple of years, been doing this for 12 years and enjoying life at this point. That's an awesome intro. Awesome. (laughs) So you had me towards the beginning of your career and then you had my sister towards the end of the career. So you had a huge gap to adjust to from being a younger parent to being a parent a little bit later in life. Yes, absolutely. And it is totally a different world. (laughs) I'll bet Mm, we could do a whole other episode on the differences between those worlds. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about the phrase when we were growing up. 
And this is something that you've said. And when I, when, I think the first couple of times you said it, it was probably, you know, it was a mistake. Oh, well, we were growing up. I meant to say when you were growing up. And then we realized, well, you realized that that was probably very true, that you were growing up while you were raising me. You were still growing up. Because you were in your 20s. And I remember when you first had Danny and I would bring up different things like that happened when I was a kid. And you'd be like, I was in my 20s. Like, what do you expect from me? I was still growing up. So when you hear that phrase or think of that, like, what does that mean to you when we were growing up? So I say that to you because once again, different generations and I'm at a different point in my life. I'm over 50. So when I had you, I was 20 years old, just barely out of high school, just entering the military. So I had to raise myself, though, along with having a child at a young age and raising you at the same time to make sure that you had everything that you required. And I might think, you know, being a productive member of society, that meaning go to work, uh, you know, do all the things that I need to do to take care of myself so that I can take That was one of the, my goals in life. And as I was growing up in my 20s, you were growing up between one and 10 uh, and just um, learning to work and, and sacrifice things so that you could have a good life. So I basically had to raise myself and, and you too. I felt in adulthood, when you have a child at a young age, you're not really prepared for life because you don't really see life. So you're you're in it and you're in it with a child, whereas when you're by yourself, you're 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 doing it alone. It's it's I, but with you having you, it was we. So I had to think about us and how I was gonna move forward with with raising us, basically. How do you feel having a child in your early 20s? How do you think that impacted your young adulthood development or, you know, forming into an adult? So I would say for me, one of the things that I always said is you growing up, don't make me a grandmother till you're over 25. When you have a child at a young age and you, you know, you're coming out of high school. Yes, I was in the military. The military uh, provided well for both of us, but I feel I didn't, I didn't learn things before move, you know, moving forward in life. You're learning to be a young adult, hanging out with my friends. When you have a child at a young age, it's no longer about you. You you can't afford to make mistakes that you would do if you were a, you know, you single. I had to always think about how this is going to impact both of us and and just how I was going to raise you, not really having, um, I had friends along the way, I call them angels along the way because they helped me out with you and helped me to understand raising. And just, uh, I felt if I would have been a little bit older, 25, I would say, I would have learned some things that, that probably would have aided me better than, than having a child, being a child, basically. You brought up that you had angels along the way. You had a support system. From being in the military, we moved around. We had different places. So we didn't always have the comfort of being close to family and being able to lean on them for certain things. And so 
being able to build this kind of network throughout different places that we live. I call them angels along the way because when I had you, I was 20. I was in Germany. I was, I was pregnant with you. It was, um, you know, I, was, I wasn't married, of course, and had no intent on getting married. And then having to think, okay, I'm in the military with the demands of the military. Having this baby, how's that going to end? Um, one family that, that I got to know really well, they helped me out a lot with you. And sometimes being young, I will use one time. You were, you, you were sick one time. I did not know because I had never experienced that. So anyway, my friends that helped me out, the, uh, the, the mother, she had three kids and she said, no, something's not right. You need to take her to the doctor. And I'm like, okay. So that's what I did. And come to find out, yes, you were sick. Did I know it? No, because I had never experienced that. So some things, you know, that, that older adults, I've always had friends that were older adults that my age helped I feel they would help me um, take care of you. Especially being over in Germany, you don't have a large family, but your family is military and you have those that you find that are close, that are lifelong friends that have, have done for you. Um, not being in Germany, coming to the States, also I met friends like that that are friends to the day that, that helped me with you um, whenever I needed anything that they could do for me, and especially being a single parent, they did. So those are. The people I call my angels along the way. It shows that, well, one, well, there's lots of single mothers who make it, but a lot make it with support and need support along the way in order to, to, to make it, to, <laughs> to get through the day to day. For me, I was always raised by my mom, very strict household. And I was always told, you make a baby, you take care of it the best way you know how. You not bring no babies to my house. Mm -hmm. So that always stuck in my head, like I said, being in Germany and being fearful, even to tell my mother that I was pregnant with a baby single. But one day I decided, hey, um, I'm in the military, I'm taking care of myself and I'm going to take care of this baby the best way I know how. And uh, that's why I say my support system, having friends and angels along the way, they would help me wherever needed, um, including your Auntie Tina. She would help me once you got older and deployed to Kuwait and other areas. Um, they help us to, to help me. you. And I knew if I could make it with one child. So that was another thing. I wasn't going out to get another child when I was in the military and it was demanding. So I knew I could make it with you. So that's what I did. You made a comment. You were taught, and I think a lot of girls, women are taught, you make a baby that you own your own. That's your responsibility. You can't come back here. That's that. From your experience, when you reflect on that, what are your thoughts on it now? Or to do you me, no. I think more my parent, my mom, I was raised mom and a dad. I think more so my mom said that um, because that was probably what she was told. And my mother had nine children and my mother took care of us the best way she knew how. And I could say uh, because of her, I am here today doing the things that I'm doing to make it better for myself and for my kids. 
my mother said that to us, I think to put fear in us that she didn't want to be um, I explained earlier when I did find out that I was pregnant with you, I didn't say my mother. I knew I was pregnant and I wouldn't say anything to my mother. I was going to have you. But then one day I said, you know, those words, you take care of the best way you know how. Mm -hmm. So one day I decided to tell my mother pregnant and because I knew I would stay in the military and I wouldn't have to depend on her. So when I had told my mother I was pregnant, I expected to hear some of everything. My mother said to me, send the baby home. Mm. Said, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, what? And she said, send the baby home to me. I'll help you out. And that shocked me. Mm -hmm. But those words were always in my head. You made the baby take care of the be baby the best way you know how. And I didn't want to burden on my mother. Um, so that's what I did. I kept you with me everywhere that I went, unless I couldn't, because those words stick with me. My, my take on it is I would never tell my, my child that. I would help my child, say, for if you, for instance, had got pregnant. I don't want that for you. I would always tell you I'd rather my child come to me and say, hey, I'm doing this, um, and get you on something, birth control, than to and say, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. However, did come home and say, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. Then I'm going to help you do what is necessary so you and that child always tell you if you get pregnant, it's no longer I, it's we. Um, I would help you through that until you can stand on your own two feet. Because that's what I do as a mother. And that's what my mother was going to do even though I was, mm -hmm. she, she tried to put the fear in us, uh, that's what she was going to do. She would have took you if I would have, but I didn't. I took care of you the best way I know how. So, yes. Yes. So when you said, like, I, I didn't tell her initially or, and, and eventually you got to that point where you did tell her and you guys got to have this moment where you realized, okay, she would support me if I needed it. I got this, but it was probably felt good to know that she was offering support. Yes, it did. It, it felt good and it was shocking mm -hmm. because my mother never, never, it was always, you get pregnant. I'm not taking that baby. I'm not taking it, this and that. So I think more so I'll put fear in, in us. Mm -hmm. um, to being raised, my mother didn't preach. This is how you prevent getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. uh, I never wanted any children. I will say that. I, I can't imagine not having any children, even though I didn't initially. Uh, but to me, God knew what was in store for me and gave me you and Danny. But I knew my mother would be there, but it was on me to not put that burden on them. Mm -hmm. There are so many people who don't get don't have that moment because of the shame that has been put out there of like, if you have a child too young or if you're a single parent, it's like there's this stigma that gets put onto people that can keep them from getting help or, or from even having the child or from seeking support from their family. So I think you have to look for the support in others. You have friends, you, there, there are people that will support you. It may be someone you know that you get to know that will support you. I think more so when you get, when you find out you're pregnant and you 
you're not married, you're, you're not settled and where you need to be in life to raise that child. It's always scary, no matter no matter how you look at it. It's, a, it's always a scary thing. But I think if you're determined you, and surround yourself with what I call the angels along the way, um, you can make it. And you may, may decide that that's not something you want. Or at the end of the day, it's your decision. You don't make any, let anyone pressure you into what to do. You just have to move forward with your life. And and, and for me, I, I definitely, you know, in raising you when I knew you was, I was single, I didn't want you to stereotype. I didn't want you to be, oh, you you know, you're raised in a single home. You, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to these things. All of those uh, stigmatisms apply to a single parent household. So my goal was to ensure that you had the things you need to move in life and go to college um, or just just even if you didn't go to college, get a job to be able to support and take care of yourself. And that was my goal. And I think when you're younger, you, you cannot see, you cannot, when you get pregnant, when you're younger, you're scared. No matter how, if you're single, you've got some kind of fear about what what that outcome is going to be or how you're going to raise that child. You just have to, like I say, surround yourself with your support system, whether that be family, whether that be it is It may be tough, but just, just keep moving forward and knowing that you'll get there um, and you'll be 30, 40 years old and look back on it <laughs> and realize, hey, as long as you've done a good job and raised that child to be then you know that you made it. One of your things was trying to make sure that even though you were a single parent that I didn't become what was the stereotype of a child from a single parent household. And it's interesting to hear you phrase it that way now because I'm I think about how like you lectured a lot, right? Like you talked to me, but it was lecturing, you know, this is how, da, 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 this is what you should be want. You know, that's how we kind of pass on our values. But one of the things that I do remember hearing a lot was about like, almost like this, you don't want to be a stereotype. Like don't, you don't want to be viewed as being dumb or you don't want to be somebody who's not doing well. You don't want to be like, it was a, a, a message that was, passed on to the point I know I carried it for a very long time this fear of like oh I don't want to be some stereotype let me not behave like this or let me not be in certain things and let me not and in some ways I'm sure it's kept me has served me well <laughs> in some other ways um it was a really big uh fear becoming a stereotype to me, fear to me also, it definitely was because I didn't want you to be a stereotype because that was what was projected in the world for single parents, single mothers, or even single fathers trying to raise a two-parent household. And I didn't want that to be the, the stereotype. And another thing, I'm going to be honest, your father wasn't in your life, although you knew your father, he wasn't there like he should have been. Mm -hmm. Um but I couldn't concern myself with that. I had to concern myself with making sure that you, you wasn't that stereotype that 
the world projects on us, that broken home. Uh, I didn't know how long I was going to live. I'm thankful to be here on this earth still, but I didn't know. But I wanted to ensure that you could you could stand on your own if your mother was to leave because you didn't have your father in your life. Yes, you had my mom and her side of the, her side of the family, my brother and my brothers and sisters. But with us being spread around a lot in the military, you didn't grow up closely with them. So I just I always ask the Lord to allow me to live to see you get grown. And I would do little things to test you, like Ashley, um, go get me some ketchup from McDonald's. You know, I would deliberately order fries and not get the ketchup. So go up there, Ashley, and ask for some ketchup. I would do stuff like that just to see if you could be assertive enough to, uh, and I remember times you would go up and you would stand there, put your finger by your mouth, you would do this. Now, and I would go say, go up there, go up there and get the ketchup. Just think little things like that to, to make you be assertive and go get her, basically. Um, throughout. So again, this world, hey, Ashley gonna be okay. Um, you know, Danny's different because she has, you know, her mom and her dad there for her, even though we're not together. Uh, she has a father that is close to her and you didn't have that. You had me and angels along the way and my parents and my brothers and sisters when we did work, we did see them. It is so funny you bring up the <laughs> these tests because I do remember things like that, but I also remember, you know, I'd be like, mom, can you open this for me? Or can you do this for me? And you would usually be like, well, what would you do if I wasn't here? I'm like, um, I don't know, you know why? I don't know. And I don't know why I got to know, but <laughs> figured it out. I learned how to give myself the Heimlich maneuver, um, how to open different things with different tools around the house. Cause if you know, I'm not here or what if somebody came in and blah, 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 where are you going? Who are you caught? Like, yes, lots of, Address. huh? What's the address? What's the telephone number? Where you live? This is this is true. These were things that were <laughs> done and set up. And so it's funny because we have those conversations now about the difference between me and my sister. We're like, oh, she's not as um, independent in that way. And then I remind you like, well, you know, her world is very different. <laughs> she, does. <laughs> she does have a very... Um, comfortable and safe world and that's okay and she does lean more on you and her father because hey why not it's all it's great to be independent but it co it definitely comes with its challenges being a little too independent at times you know I can agree with that because I see some things uh <laughs> you that uh I'm like it was a little too to uh, made her too independent, but the one thing I can tell you is, you're a go getter. You will go. You are a go getter, and you're going to 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 do what I expected that you would do in life. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say the beauty of us having a close relationship that has gone into adulthood is that even things that maybe were overcorrected in my youth. <laughs> we have had the opportunity to adjust those things and have our relationship kind of continue to form 
And two, I, I love our relationship. I mean, I've always have. I, I think we've always been close. Um, but it's definitely evolved in a lot of different ways. And I, I love what our adult relationship has formed into. Me too. It's definitely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another thing you said that I did want to comment on was like this belief that people who are in single parent households are coming from broken homes. And I know even growing up, I always hated that term because I never felt like my home was broken. It just was my home. It just was the way that it was. It was me and my mom. And, you know, and then sometimes it was me and other family members. But for the most part, you were my family and our home was by no means broken. Agree. I definitely <laughs> agree with that. I, and, and I can agree with that totally because I've seen other relationships, friends of mine, they stay in a relationship that's not healthy for them. But because it's the husband and the wife or the man and, and, the, and the spouse, they stay in that relationship. I think that they are given that child. Um, and I grew up in that must believing that you got a mother and a father. Sometimes you can have a mother and a father, but they don't need to be together they cannot provide for you emotionally because they are emotionally broken. Um, so it doesn't matter. It's how you, to me, how you raise that child to grow up and be able to sustain themselves in life because you can definitely ruin a child in a relationship when that relationship is broken. So yeah. I don't consider our house being a broken household because I, I consider it raising you to be the person that you are today. Uh, that's just my, others have different belief, state or cause child. I am a product of that and I do not believe it at all. So for your <laughs> definition of broken home is, is more so one that is, has so much hurt and dysfunction. You, you can have a broken home with two parents in it. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and being a home with a single parent does not automatically equal brokenness. Yes, definitely. Now you might have a little tougher time because you know it's one income, but but as long as you nurture that child, it doesn't matter. As long as yeah. you nurture and take care of the child, like a mother the child should be, a dad child should be. Um, I don't see any problem with it. Society. He sees a problem with it. Mm. How do you feel growing up being a younger mom? How do you feel that impacted our relationship, your relationship with your child? It was just you and I. So mm. I had, <laughs> you know, I dated along the way, but it was but mainly it was you and I. And being closest and being able to do things with you, uh, sometimes living paycheck to paycheck in my younger years, just knowing that I didn't need money to do things. We can walk to the mall, look in the mall window shop, but <laughs> we walk to the mall. We could go to the playground. We could, we could do stuff that didn't require money and watch a movie together, do stuff like that. And as time I aged, you know, I got promoted. Things changed, but just being more, more actively engaged in, in the things that, uh, um, that you needed. One thing that I can say, I always wanted you to be socially active in the, have friends. We 
we grew up in a country and our friends were our brothers and sisters. So you being a child, I wanted you to be socially involved with friends, such as your friend that you have had for the longest time, Rika. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, going out doing stuff, whether that be going skate, whatever, just things to make you socially active with, with your friends. Uh, me, I'm, I'm not so social. <laughs> I can say that. But hey, I have very few friends and I can do things by myself. But I wish that we would have had more of that growing up. So the things that I didn't do growing up, I didn't want you to, uh, to feel that way, be in an environment. Um, I don't know. Just so you could have all those th different things in life. Mm -hmm. so you took a lot of and I think it's like two points here so one being the, the, I feel like we were we were close what you're saying kind of like we were close because it was just us it was us against the world we were out here we were doing things so we were going to be close because it was just us and then I know I remember a lot of times you would say things like you were reflecting on your childhood or how you were brought up and then deciding this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm not going to do based off of that. And even in a small way, like I remember when my bedtime went away when I was, I don't remember how old, but I remember you saying, Oh, I know when I got around this age, I hated that I had a early bedtime because the basketball games would last past that point. So you're done with, you don't have a bedtime anymore. As long as you still get up in the morning, get your butt on that bus, you don't have to worry about it. You know, you kind of manage this yourself. And you would have moments like that. And I remember I always thought it was so cool that you could look back and go, hmm, I know I didn't like that when I was a kid, so I'm not going to do this to you. Great. <laughs> How insightful. Yes. A lot of things I, I took from my, my growing up that I didn't want for you. So bedtime, yes. I loved basketball. And... Um, we had to go to bed <laughs> between seven and nine. And depending on what you did as a child, you might go to bed early. <laughs> so once you got a certain age, I felt you can determine when you go to bed. Again, as long as you, you were up, dressed, ready to go at the time. Uh, and if you weren't, then I would adjust your time. <laughs> you get up 30 minutes early. And then, and then if, it, if it continued, then, hey, you got to go back to a time that you got to go to bed. But, but that didn't happen. You always took the responsibility because you knew your mother was in the military. I had to be to work at this time. You had to be dressed, ready to go out that door. And we did what we had to do. <laughs> Get you to school, me to work, or you to daycare, me to work. So That's very real. We did have to function like a team. And I think that you you definitely put that message into me that like, look, this is your role in this family. In our little two, two people family, this is what I need you to do because this is what I'm doing. I'm taking care of the house, the home. You, you, don't, you don't want for anything. <laughs> I need you to go to school. I need you to get good grades. I need you to behave. I had my things. And I remember I felt that, like that, okay, this is my, this is my role, you know, <laughs> this is my part that I, that I play in my family. And I think it was good, it's good in a lot of ways. There's other ways where I feel like I was a little stressed about taking on too much. Now as an adult, I can look back and I'm like, 
I don't think she meant for you to, to be that stressed over it. But in my kid mind, I was especially um, being a military family. And you said this when you retired, like when you made your retirement speech about like, like I really, we did, we went through this too. Yes. <laughs> and even when you said it, I was like, oh, like it was like, yeah, you're right. The family is in it with you when, with that starving parent moving around, doing all these things. Yep. And I can remember one time we were at Fort Lewis in Washington state. And I had about 10, 11 years. And at that point, I didn't, I had the feeling like I didn't, maybe I should get out of the military because maybe I wasn't giving to you as I should have been. And I'll never forget. I asked you, I said, Ashley, I said, you think mommy should get out of the military? Because I was really going through that moment of maybe I need to get out. I could get a job. I got some experience. And I'll never forget you said the army needs you. And you said that to me. And then it was, that was my confirmation that, hey, what I need to do, I need to continue to do and that I must be doing something right. Even though I had to go off to Kuwait for a year, <laughs> about a year after that was said, but that made the difference. And that was the turnaround to keep going forward. Because a lot of times, like when you were your first year of school, I missed that. I had to go to Kuwait once again for a whole, whole year. Your auntie took you. But that was a feeling that I wouldn't ever want to project. But I knew I had to do it. I knew I was providing for us. I tried to uh, keep us, call you, and do all the things that I could do. Um, make you be independent again. Here you go, the credit card. You know, you buy the things you need. <laughs> Things like that, which I guess worked out to allow your credit to be good. But once again, putting that independence on you, because this is what you have to do. I'm doing this over here. And, and one day, I love the Army. I, I always have, always will. But it allowed me to keep going and be where I am today. And like I said, provide to you, get you where you are today. <laughs> so um, that, that really, I, that I will never forget that you said that to me as a young, as a young, I think 10 or 11 year old, it was, yeah. I, I remember the conversation because <laughs> I remember you asking me and I remember to me, it was like, well, you've been, you've been in and this is, this is our life and this is how it is. And I like our life and there's nothing, of course, I wanted us to not have to separate at times or things like that, but I understood what the army played in our life overall <laughs> as well. I'm going to talk about that army thing. <laughs> so the army has been good, continues to be good to me. Uh, I'm retired, of course, and I'm working for the government. Thank God. But however, you as an adult coming into adulthood had to learn what we consider civilian side of life. The military provided dental, they provided medical, they provided all these things for us. You getting medicine was for free. And I remember one time when there was, uh, and your adult going, coming into that adulthood, there was a friend of yours that had a tooth issue going on. And you said, why don't you just go to the dentist? And then I had to explain, not everybody can do that because they don't have insurance or they don't, you know. And so those are some of the learning things as we both aged that you 
you learn throughout um, throughout life. And you're in that world now that you didn't know back then because <laughs> military provided for us. So it was good. Although we were separated a uh, few times, it, it, was, it, it has provided. Mm-hmm. It did. That's true. So watching you do what you were doing, I remember plenty of times me being like, ooh, I want to do that too. Like, I want to join the military or... I want to be, oh, I, I distinctly remember one moment of us riding in the car and me telling you that like, I wanted to just have me and my child and my kid because it was just me and you and we were good and I wanted to do the same thing. And I remember, I remember the look on your face and you being like, no, that is not. <laughs> and like really taking the time to be like, yes, I love you well, you're right. We are great, but no, this is not the way that I want you to have your life. This is not the type of family I want you to have. And then even explaining some of the challenges that you have as a single parent, especially being one in the military, because that was something I want to, I could join the army too. And you're like, I have to be away from you. That's hard for me. I have to get other people to help with things. I have to like all this stuff and like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up, I never, again, like I said, I didn't believe that I came from a broken home. I never lacked for anything. So it was like, yeah, I could do, let me just do what you're doing. (laughs) No, no, for me, no, I believe, and I never wanted to, again, I didn't want children, but if I did have children, I wanted to raise a child in a a two-parent household with a mother and a father. Because um, ideally, that's what everybody wants. But sometimes it's, it, it's not like that. So, but I don't want that. I didn't want you to have that thought. No, I wanted I wanted you to grow up, be able to take care of yourself, have the things in life, meet someone nice. You two are going to get together, get married, then have a kid. That's ideally what everyone wants. But be able to take care of yourself before you bring a child. If you did decide you were you wasn't gonna get to marry, get married. Be able to you know have things in your life so you can provide for that child. Again, the, with me having you, I had the military that provided that. Of course, I, I'm in the information technology field, so I'm sure I could have got a job in that field that would have provided for us. But ideally, no, we don't. We want a two-parent household um, so both of you can give to that child. I, that, I didn't want that for you. But if it happened, it happened. I didn't want to be I'm not one of those parents who, when you're going to have a grandchild, when you're going to have a child, when you're going to get married, no. If you, you decide when you want to get married, you decide who you're going to date, you decide uh, if you're going to have a child and I'll be a grandmother. I'm not that forceful to whereas that's what I need in life. No, grow up, get married, have a child, make me a grandmother. Now, you do all those things in your time when you're ready. And if it doesn't happen, so be it. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you let me have my own life, make my own choices. Yes, make your own choices. How easy has it been for you to let me make my own choices in life? Or how challenging has it been? 
It hasn't at all. Now, <laughs> no? so I would say for me growing up, my mother, once you left the house, my mother didn't get in your business unless you asked her a question or you let her in your business. She didn't say, uh, uh, you shouldn't take that one. You should take this one. Or this is that. My thing when you got into the world of dating and you ask me what I think, I tell you what I initially think of that person. But ultimately, I let you, you have to decide, you have to live your life and decide how you, who you want to date. Now you want to date them, and that's, that's yours. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't know. I just, if you ask me a question, then I will answer the question. If you don't ask me about your life, or you might say, mom, what should I do about this? My thing is I always saw, saw you as uh, I remember that one time when you um you I knew you were always gonna be there to help the people and help people out. And I remember that one time when uh you did the protest, though I forget the whomever the representative was, they said something about women and, and I remember you went to do that uh protest and I'm like, okay, well, let me know if you need bail. You like what? <laughs> Cause I always said to you. You go to jail. I'm not getting you out. I'm not. <laughs> but in saying that, that is a fear to put in you. But in saying that, I mean, if you went to jail for doing something uh, illegal, like, you know, something you definitely know you shouldn't be doing. Then, oh, you're going to have to suffer the consequences. But uh, yes. So those are times I remember. But other than that, hey, you, you live your life as you see fit. Now, if I thought that I needed to provide guidance, because you you will go on a different route, then no. But I, I think that you have you have done well, and continue to do so. Thanks. You know, I try, <laughs> try. Even um, so so you weren't worried when I switched to be a social worker and didn't want to be an accountant anymore. No. <laughs> my thing that my thing that I told you, um, you're gonna have to get your masters. <laughs> And in order to make a living, because I always heard that social workers didn't make a lot of money. But when you came home and you said to me, Mom, I got something to tell you. Okay. And you said, um, I want to help people. Okay. That means you got to go to school longer. But I, at that point, I knew there would be a difference in salary. But if you're not happy at what you're doing, then you won't be happy. You got to be happy. You got to like what you're doing. You can't just go to a job. I hate it. Uh, you know, you got to like what you're doing because I think when you don't, it messes with your emotional state. Um, and some people are in that predicament, but I didn't. I, I won't support you no matter what you decided. I definitely remember you going and printing off salary comparisons between social workers and accountants to show them. <laughs> yes there's a big difference and I'm like yes yes I understand but even so it's so funny it's 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 good that that a lot of college students are still delusional because um <laughs> I know a friend of mine we were having a conversation about how like people were telling us oh social workers don't make that much money but you really don't know what that means until you're really in it and you getting them salaries where you're like, this is not enough. 
This is just <laughs> enough to sustain real life, real grown up <laughs> life. And my friend was saying, she was like, I didn't think that it meant me and my husband would be debating when we were going to have kids off of our budget. Like those types of things. Yes. So it is a different ballpark. But anyway. So. Let's say this last thing yes. about the one thing that I like about you, the one thing that's good about you, the one thing that I, I learned, you got, you got a lot of kids like to wear those high-end clothes and, and sneakers and shoes and stuff. They can't afford it. One thing about you, you budget within your means. Um, and you don't, even growing up, when you, when you and I was raising ourselves, I had to, I would buy you, okay, maybe one pair of Joy Dash or whatever the jeans were at that time. But I would always tell you, you can look good in anything. Um, and I think that today you have done that. You have shown that. You're managing on your own. And, and you won't ask for a dime, <laughs> even though you may need it. <laughs> even though you might need it. So I'm like, every now and then, here you go. And I do that because I'm like, you know, here's a little, a little extra, but uh, you got to absolutely need it before you go. You could ask for anything. Um, but anyway, I like that about you that you have budgeted and you're not living above your means. So that's, hey. <laughs> the lady that I grew up with, who is a different lady now, I was like, you get your own and you do this and you do that and you blah, blah, blah. And that's why I said earlier, you know, I'm glad that we've had the opportunity for our relationship to evolve in other ways because I do have the experience of like, um, I remember a friend of mine saying that like, well, that's what your parents are there for. They're supposed to help you. And I'm like, no, like they raise you and you get out their way. And um, he was like, no, he was like, I asked my parents for help me. It's no shame. They had me, but I understand things different now. I don't mind, but, but you're right. It's, it is still something that I have to worry about because don't even get me started because, because dang it, I work hard and I, they really, I'm not going there anyway, but <laughs> okay. So how do you feel that parent in general has impacted your growth as a person, like as an individual? Um, I mean, it gives you that, to me, it gives you that caring spirit. Because now you you have to ensure that that child grows up and give them everything that they need to succeed in life. I think that um that if it's just me, then it's just me. I'm doing whatever, whenever, living, going through life. But when you have a child, it's it's giving to that child. I've always wanted you to have things that I didn't have as a child, and and with you and Danny, it's a different different generation. But I feel that I have more compassion. Now with that, with you, I was a little bit more stricter. Um, one thing I don't believe, I'm a parent. I don't believe in spanking, whipping, beating kids. I think you can talk. I didn't like it when I was growing up. And I certainly didn't want to project that on, on my, my kids. I think you could talk to them and, and have that relationship. You don't want your child to be scared of you. That's one thing I didn't want for either you or Danny to be scared. I was scared of my mother. I was scared of my father. So if I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go to my mother and just ask my mother any question. Um, and I didn't want that. Your, your sister, Danny, she will ask me some stuff and I'd be like, Ooh, did she just ask me that? Oh, but I still, 
I would prefer that improvider answer than to not to be scared of me. That's one thing I don't want my children to be scared of me. So they can come and talk to me. And that didn't happen in my growing up. So I think it, it gives me compassion. It gives me a lot of a lot of things. If I was single, I wouldn't care about nothing. But anyway, you know what I mean? Except me. So that us gave me uh just the knowledge to be able to to raise you guys. It's so interesting because I know like I always say that people having a child or doesn't just mean that they become automatically downloaded with humility and empathy and graciousness and patience and all of these things don't just they don't come with the baby so where do you think that or how do you think you were able to still form this more compassion nurturing or to be able to have something different than what you came up with to be able to provide something different than what you came up with I think basically growing up, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't hear my mother say, I love you till we were adults. I knew my mother loved us. My mom, my mother took care of us. Like she said, the best way she knew how. And my mother, I knew my mother, my father. Okay. Um, I'm sure he loved us too. Or he would have been gone, but um, we didn't hear those words growing up. And I didn't say those words. And I remember one time being in Germany and those angels along the way, they said, how come I never hear you tell Ashley that you love her? And I'm like, well, I love her. But I never heard you say it. And I'm like, wow, you know, that hit me profoundly. Like, you know, I need to tell Ashley. I need to tell her, not just show her these things that I love her. Um, and they did bring that to my attention. I started saying it. And my mother, as we got older, you know, to get off the phone, hey, I love you. And I remember the first time my dad said it, I probably was in my late 20s. And I was like, oh, did you just? And I never wanted that. I wanted, although I love the both of you, I should telling you that I do outweighs the showing you that I do. Uh, uh, those two combined, I hope that I, I have, you know, shown that to you. I find that myself, sometimes I think, did I, did I show you and, and as much as like with Danny, you know, that there's a, there's a difference. Of course, I'm older. I'm, I'm more patient. I'm more, uh, I have more income, things like that. But I, I just say to myself sometimes, I hope that I loved Ashley and showed her because it feels like maybe I, maybe I was a little tougher but I loved you guys the same, but maybe it may feel to you as if I didn't love you the same as I love, you know, Danny. Um, and I didn't show you maybe as more as I showed Danny, but then you two are very different mm -hmm. in your emotional state. <laughs> so, uh, but I just, I just say, I hope that I love showing you that more so, you know. I believe so. I mean, I'm not Danny, so I don't know what she's experiencing, but um, <laughs> I believe so because when I think um, about the way that you show love, which is by being very present, by taking care, um, even when you were married, I watched how you showed love to your husband by, you know, making sure things were 
he didn't have to worry about a shirt. He didn't have to worry about breakfast. He didn't have to worry about, you know, you step in. And then, um, and, and I know for me, you know, I could say, you know, I really like, I remember wheat thins. I could say, I really like wheat thins and I'll come home and there'll be five boxes of wheat thins, you know, or, um, just, just very like, so even though you may not have always been expressive in words, not that you didn't, but you know, not that it, that wasn't the the main thing, the way that you took care, you the way that you cared for me, love was very apparent. You know, like I think about when maybe I'd be living with my aunt or something and then would come back and I'd come in and then you'd have like all the supplies I need, you know, just here's cotton balls and pads and super super here's all this stuff and oh I picked this up and I got you know just like I'm making sure you're good I'm making sure you're taken care of and and understanding your sacrifices was because it was I knew it you know I <laughs> you talked to me about stuff so I knew so I always felt love and could see signs of that love around me even if it wasn't always something verbal and of course, recognize the, the differences between my life and Danny's life. And a lot of that, I think, like, even when you first had her, I remember I thought it was so great that you got to have the first with her that maybe you didn't get to have with me. The fact that we were in Germany, so you couldn't probably, I mean, I don't know if you had a baby shower, but you probably didn't have like how you had when we were in Georgia, we could have family and what, right. So even her first birthday party, I remember I was riding all over the place trying to get these particular balloons blown up for you. And I remember somebody saying something to me about it. And I was like, she want these balloons? I'm going to get these balloons. <laughs> you know, because I like just even, oh man, you get to have this because that's a part of the experience as well. And I've never, um, I mean, yeah, I've had my times where I joke about like, well, she gets to have all these cool Halloween costumes. And I was a tomato for three years, but <laughs> <laughs> I remember that <laughs> but um no but you know <laughs> was it made out of a paper bag no girl I, I'm <laughs> oh, I no, a sweatshirt with a picture of a tomato on it you don't remember that I remember <laughs> there was another one that was like a green one that was like a cucumber or something I think my cousin would wear it was that's supposed to be the paycheck the paycheck period <laughs> Right. And it happened. That was the younger years. That was when we were like in Virginia. And when you had them sweatsuits, they was nicely pressed. <laughs> Everything was always nicely pressed out. But um, but yeah, so even the, the differences that I recognize with her, especially with her recently having her birthday, I was thinking, I was like, man, what did I do for my 14th? I was trying to remember it, but I was mainly thinking about how great it is that she that her dad is close by and she has the love and support of both of you and then her, and even her stepmother and just the whole you know mm -hmm. I think we probably both sat back and just watched and enjoyed her just having a good time and it was like wow that's not that I, I would enjoy my youth I'm just you know <laughs> yep yeah those differences are um just, it's interesting and delightful for me as well to see you parent in a different phase of life. <laughs> yep. Why, thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, I have very much enjoyed this conversation. I have enjoyed having you on um, and hearing 
your side of things and hearing about your angels along the way. Um, thank you. Well, you are welcome. And I love you and I love you. And thank you for having me on here. Uh, parents of people too. That is an excellent podcast. I, I just think that other parents would love to, to hear this and, and, uh, and also those that you interview get different perspectives. And I think, I think you got it. Thanks. Mom. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening. I truly hope that something you heard today clicks with you, resonates for you. And if it did, then please share this episode with a friend or any other person that you think needs to hear it, anyone that you love. You can also like and leave a review for this podcast to let me know that you enjoyed it. Um, you can check me out on Instagram at parents, the letter R, people. Also, my website, parents, R-A-R-E, people.net. And on the website, you can find my blog. You can also you know, find other episodes of the podcast and updates and information as I go about this journey and share it with you all. Thanks for listening.